The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. Time to take a break from your brackets. NCAA Day, one of the best days of the year, no doubt about it. Same story for tomorrow, but we're talking a little Bears football for an hour with you. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, and Jim Miller tucked away in Michigan somewhere. Uh, Sparty got a win today. Your bracket okay with that? Yeah, well, I think they they're in a tough bracket with Duke. I thought they kind of got the shaft, and you know, your <laughs> Michigan got placed in. I thought uh, tra- dealt with with kid gloves where they got placed. But hey, you know, you beat them three times, they get the better seed. I, it's hard to believe, isn't it, Jeff? You know, when you're talking about these NCAA brackets, I hope you're talking about the NCAA Men's National Championship Wrestling Tournament that's taking place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Sadly, right we're now. Not doing that. If Tom's you want to see football, players. if you want to see some athletes that are committed to life year round in the to expose and to be the best of the best just pay attention to a little bit of the wrestling this weekend because you're going to see some athletes that are incredible you're going to see one of the most dominant freshmen in the history of freshman wrestling at the University of Minnesota come in here and dominate all these guys that are upperclassmen we'll it's see incredible in the if you want to watch Athletes compete one-on-one. Jim, uh, as, as long as I've been his broadcast partner on the games and even before that, he wanted to know who, who was a wrestler in high school. Who was a wrestler in high school that yeah. plays, especially on the offensive line, defensive line, all about leverage, all about you know all that good stuff, and he was a star wrestler himself. How many state challenges? No, 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 no. I'm not a star wrestler. But, but believe, did, did no, you ever I never get to the state tournament. Heck, no. No, okay. I, I am, I am the least of a star. It's only I've had the experience of wrestling when I see these guys that are the best of the best in the world. That you know what they put into it to be the best. Jim, you ever get on a mat? Uh, no, my son's a my <laughs> son's a big wrestler. But uh, well, Tom's right. There are certain you know certain sports that really translate well. You know, think of good rugby players like Haloti Nada. Here he just calls it a career, uh, but he was a standout rugby player. Um, so yeah, there's. I mean, for a lot of the offensive linemen, you, you do see a lot of those guys that are like all state champs in in terms of wrestling, and they do they know uh, leverage a little bit better. Obviously, the the track players, uh, that players that run track, you've seen some some speedsters that have really entered the National Football League and really take note. And you, if you watch some of these guys that are getting drafted, that'll come out. You know, they're they're good at more than one sport. So a lot of these guys double dip and and why it translates so well. To football. You know, you got to be really careful too when when you become a football player and you have a little wrestling in your background and all of a sudden you go there and you fight one of those wrestlers on the football field, bad things can happen. Jimbo Covert picking up McMichael one time at practice during a fight. It was a wrestling move that Ming didn't anticipate. anticipate, (laughs) And that's the thing about it. Jimbo, he's a great wrestler, you know, from... I mean, Olin, Olin. Yeah, yeah, Olin, Olin, Jay Hilgenberg, Ray Lewis. You know, there's a lot of great, great wrestlers that have converted that into football. Well, the best athletic performance I saw today in a while at the college level in terms of basketball was John Morant of Murray State today. He was just unbelievable, triple-double. He had 17 points, 11 a rebound, 16 assists in that game. They upset uh, Marquette, and maybe it wasn't an upset after all. We're going to talk to Cordero Patterson here in a few minutes. 
the Tennessee Volunteer by uh, by College uh, Avenue to the NFL. And, that, of course, the Vol is one of the top seeds in the tournament. We'll talk a little college basketball with him because uh, the guys on the team, they love talking NBA ball. We're talking about guys like Allen Robinson and Charles Leno Jr. They love talking basketball, so I'm sure they had their eyes on the brackets today and watching. It, you games. know, the guys that come from good basketball schools, they want to talk about it. <laughs> Those of us who are basketball programs outside the, the ladies program is one of the tops in the country. Notre Dame. We yeah. don't have a lot to talk about in terms of Notre Dame's med basketball. So though Michigan Staters and the Iowa, Iowa State Staters, North Carolina, like Trubisky, you know, go ahead and talk about it and enjoy it. No, we got a, we got a lot of, <laughs> we got a lot of football to talk about as well. Uh, some of the topics we're going to delve into tonight. I got the owners' meetings. Uh, you're going to the owners' meetings, right, Jim? Yeah, on I'll Sunday. Be there. Yeah, so they're going to start talking. We'll we'll go through some of the competition committee's suggestions and some of the proposals that are going to be voted on uh, this week, Sunday through Wednesday in Arizona. So we're going to talk about that as well. And of course, we're going to talk uh, Bears football. Some some additions this week: uh, re-signings. Uh, Taylor Bray, Tyler Bray, a quarterback, and Pat O'Donnell, the punter. We'll talk about that as well. It's all coming up just ahead here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS Com. Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you. And pleased to be joined by Cordero Patterson, the newest addition to your Chicago Bears for 2019. Uh, a, a Swiss Army knife, a guy who can do just about everything. Cordero, welcome to Chicago. Good to talk to you. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great. Hey, let's start with the important stuff. Tennessee going to move on? Man, the- I, I got him on. I got him on my bracket. We go to the finals. So <laughs> great program, great program. Do you have any basketball in your in your uh, background? Man, I played basketball as a senior. Man, I, I used to get it in on the court. Man, <laughs> I'm sure you enjoyed the day to day. Hey, uh, you know you're just a brand new bear. Free agency was kind to you here as uh, you join a team that won the division, went to the playoffs, and have high expectations. Now that you're settling in a week later, just talking to some of the fellas and just talking with the organization. Uh, does it boost the excitement level a little bit more to get back to work? I mean, less than a month away from your first team meeting. Oh, man, of course, man. And, you know, every chance, you know, a new guy get in, you know, have the opportunity, you know, to talk to a former player, the players, you know, the coaches and, you know, even the GMs. And, you know, and just a guy like me, man, just, just ready to get in and get to work, man. And, you know, just ready to have fun while you do it. You know, it's, it's a business, but at the end of the day, you know, we got to have fun while we're doing it. You know, you said it's the business way, Cordero. How do you negotiate yourself now? Because now you've turned into that jack-of-all-trades, a Swiss Army knife. When you start your negotiations, are you a receiver, running back? Where, what are you? I tell them don't label me, man. Okay, good. It's, it's nothing I can't do on the football field. That's, that's just the mindset I had since I was a little kid, man. I feel like I can do any and everything on the field. I probably can't, but, you know, the things I do, you know, I try to make it, try to make the most of it. Well, from you know the standpoint of if you're lining up as a running back, I know I remember even back in your Minnesota days, they would line you up at the running back position. The Raiders would dabble it, and here in New England, you were kind of thrust into that duty out of necessity to other injuries on the Patriots roster. Maybe just talk about that. Where at, at one point you were kind of the bell cow running back for the you for know the New at England one point Patriots. we we have some injuries. You know that you know it's football. You know people get injured. You no, know, we don't want them to get injured. But you know Josh McDaniel, he asked me. You no, know, the week of, he was like, hey, can you play running back? I was like, man, listen, I can do whatever you need me to do. You know, that's just the kind of player I am, you know, and 
that we could practice. You know, he he trusted and believed in me, and you know, he, at practice he gave me some carries. And you know, with my numbers up in the game, you know, I just tried to make the most of them, show him I could do, I could do whatever. Cordell Patterson, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score on Bears All Access. Did any of that help you or vice versa in terms of the return game? Obviously, you have a, a head start, a, a bit of space to to pick your lane and uh, whatever's called that a kick return right, left, or middle uh, based on the on the scheme you're running against whatever team. But did uh, did that help you at all vision-wise to, to, to play running back and has it transferred at all into the return game or when the ball's in your hands as a receiver? Of course, you know, playing running back is, is just like a kick return, basically. You know, you got those big guys in front of you, you know, leading the way, you know, and it's up to you to you know, to make that the right decision. And you got to have a vision, like you say, man. And in this game right now we play, you know, it's, it's a lot of guys that got vision, some don't. Some just make one move and, you know, make the wrong move. So as a guy like me, you know, I feel like I got great vision, you know, and kick return helped me. Is the weight you're carrying yourself at fit for all positions? Is there a difference between your running back weight and your wide receiver weight? Or whatever you carry yourself at, are you capable of doing everything? Man, whatever weight, whatever weight I come in is, I can, I can play as a man. And I'm a guy. And I, was, I was never a skinny guy. I was always kind of kind of a little thick, you know. And, well, it says 226. <laughs> are you that big? Oh, I'm big now. <laughs> they, they might be showing me love on that weight. Oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but man, it's it's just man playing, especially playing running back. Man, it's those guys on that defensive line and those guys big. Man. So you don't want to try to be too little, you know, coming in trying to be like two oh five trying to play running back. It's not going to be pretty for you. Well, Bears fans remember you taking one back uh, with the Patriots against them in Chicago. And, and let me ask you this: when when you when you have got the outside perception of an organization, I'm sure you probably had other t- opportunities to sign other places. Uh, and why ultimately did you decide on the Bears? Man, just back in the NFC North, man, it was it, it, it's a great competition there. You know, that's where I started. I started my my roots. You know, and you know when my agent told me, you know, the Bears were interested. You know, I. I thought about it, and I was like, I can see myself playing there, especially the things they did this year. You know, first-year head coach came in and sent the program around. and You know, it was, it was, it was just like, okay, I can pitch myself there with that new culture they got going around. I, was, I can pitch myself being a Bear. That's Cordell Patterson, our guest here on Bears All Access. Thank you for taking the time to join us here on this offseason, which is winding down quickly. You know, as you, as you look at your career, you had instant impact with the Vikings. You had nine touchdowns as a rookie you know, doing all variety of things. But the one thing I looked at is obviously receivers, and it's changing. It's changing every day. Receivers can make instant impacts now in the league based on the offenses that are running. There's a lot of transference. But not everybody runs the route tree, the full route tree and so forth. As you've progressed in your career, your catch rate has is, is dramatically increased. So now you're, the last three years it's improved significantly, now around 75% catch rate. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Oh man, I I just got to give it hats off to you know the the receiver coaches who've been helping me along the way and just helping me grow each and every year. And every year, I feel like I get with a better receiver coach each and every time. And you know they take all the time out, especially a guy like me. I didn't I didn't been on with different offensive coordinators, receiver coaches. It's been a lot, and everyone's just been doing a, a heck of a job helping me throughout my way. And you know, I couldn't be here without those guys. Hey, all of us Bears fans, you know, we think of you, you have a reputation as a receiver, the kicker returner. And you talked about Josh McDaniels giving you some reps during practice, and we all know the reputation of Belichick. 
So how many reps did you actually have in practice as a running back before you received your first carry in a game? <laughs> Honestly, it wasn't a lot. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, they seen, they seen it, they seen it, you know, they was like, okay, he can do it. It's like, I mean, it's nothing else we need to see. And like I just, like I told you, I take, I take big pride in what I do as a player on and off the field. You know, I try to hold myself to a high standard. Like every time I touch the ball, I just try to make the most of it for my team. Well, you've been around young quarterbacks. You think of Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota. How about Derek Carr out there for the Oakland Raiders? Now you've been around one of the all-time greats in, in Tom Brady. With you know, just knowing quarterbacks and understanding the guys you've worked with, how, you know, how do you approach you know getting to know you know Mitchell Trubisky and how you feel you can help him get better as a young quarterback? Man, he's he's a great guy, man. You know, I've, I've been texting him here and there, and you now I'm trying to get out to where he at right now, work out with him. And, it's not what me helping him, man. It's I know I can learn a lot from him. He probably know everything that I already think I know and I don't know. He probably know it. So it's, it's going to be just great just going in and picking his brain. You know, Even though he's a young guy, I know he know a lot just like the old guys. And, you know, from what he did in North Carolina that year. So it's just like watching him, you know, this past year and what he and everybody did over there on their team. And I know I can learn a lot. Cordero Patterson, our guest, remaining moments with the new Chicago Bear, kick returner and wide receiver, running back, you name it. We're going to see the ball in his hands, I'd imagine, quite a bit in 2019. Uh, you mentioned trying to get with Mitch because he and the fellas are already working, huh? They're out in California. I see Taylor Gabriel posting videos on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, that now is a common theme for quarterbacks out there, especially young quarterbacks trying to get to know their receivers. And Mitch got to know his guys as the season went on, Allen Robinson and Taylor, Trey Burton at the tight end position. How valuable is that right now just to be out there working, timing, running routes? Obviously, you're not running with pads or anything, but you are developing timing if you do get together, don't you? Oh, of course, man. It's all about that chemistry, man. And, you know, in this league now, man, is you got to get that chemistry with the quarterback and you got to. You gotta, he gotta trust in you. You gotta trust in him. He gotta know you gonna be at. Make sure you gonna run the right route. Know the coverage and all that. So right now it's a huge, you know. And three weeks, four weeks out before OTAs, and you know you you go in with them this week or whatever. Work with them and go to OTAs. You know y'all done had chemistry already together. Do you respect the creativity of Matt Nagy? Oh man, <laughs> unbelievable! <laughs> Off the chart, man. <laughs> Off the chart. Well, it's going to be fun to see you in the offense because uh, everybody gets a chance. Obviously, even defensive guys are going to put their hand up, so you're going to be fighting for reps with the defense. Oh, yeah, man. I, I'm going to need those defensive guys to stay on their side this year, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, Cordero. Uh, welcome to Chicago. You're going to have a good time here. It's a fun team to be on and a fun, uh, a fun city to be a football player in. Nothing like Chicago and nothing like a bear. All right, man. I appreciate that. Thank All you. right, Cordell Have Patterson, our guest here on Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. We'll step away. We'll continue and take your phone calls. 312-644-6767 if you want to hop on and talk Bears football. Here on March Madness, the kickoff of March Madness, Bears style on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. All right, welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score of the 2019 Miller Lite Chicago Bears Draft Party will be held on Saturday, April 27th at Soldier Field from noon to 6 p.m. The event featuring on-field activities, locker room tours, player autographs, and, of course, live draft coverage and analysis 
from Bears football experts. Get your tickets today at chicagobears.com slash draft party. Tickets are going fast from what I understand, so should be a good time even though the Bears do not have a first or second round pick. The draft is still what it is. It's it's an intrigue. You know you're getting somebody. You know you're getting some players. And in picks uh, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're going to get some guys who are going to be on that roster. Come yeah, but hey, opener. but look at look at. I mean, uh, again, Jordan Howard, Adrian Amos. Look at the rounds that they they came in and look where their value is extended throughout their commitment to their career. So, I mean, I don't care what round you are in drafted these days, one through seven. You're going to have an opportunity to make the make the team. Then you're going to have an opportunity to compete for position and playing time. Jim Miller. Uh, What's your, what's your takeaway on Cordell Patterson? Seems very, very intrigued about what's ahead here for him yeah, in 2019. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of settled into that role, like you said, kind of a jack of all trades. You know, it really didn't work out in Minnesota. They, uh, you know, one they had switched offenses, but they were dabbling with him uh, at a running at the running back position. Raiders continued to do it, and then he kind of has a breakout year uh, for the New England Patriots in that mode when he was really, like I said, just due to the other injuries to Sony Michelle and James White, he was forced in, into the bell cow role. That guy had. 42 carries as a running back last year for the New England Patriots. I mean, for a two-game stretch, he, he was the main running back. He's a, a dangerous returner. He's always been a Pro Bowl caliber returner from, from that side of it, so the Bears will get good field position, good starting points, you would think, in the kick return a game, and then has just continued to improve as a wide receiver as his career has gone along. Like you said, that, that catch radius and what he's been able to do, he just constantly has had the arrows been kind of going up uh, for him in his, in his NFL career. You, you know, I like the fact that he He's our new Dennis Rodman because he's a guy from an opponent that we booed and we hissed for so many years. He came to Minnesota as a first rounder. They wanted to overtake the Bears he's and win not the division. Like, uh, no, Rodman. but but I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I I'm just saying, saying we booed against him. We booed Jared Allen for all the time. Yeah. Then he came to be a Bear. So it's those Ha-ha, people. Clinton Dix. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it is those guys that have been in the division and that we've grown to dislike because the Bears haven't had a great deal of success in recent history in some of these teams, you know, haha Clint Dix has had success. Court Patterson has had success and Jared Allen had success when he was with the Vikings. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. You want to hop on, talk some Bears football here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. Uh thanks tonight, Tony Gill and Herb Lawrence helping us out as our producers tonight. Uh so the re signing of Pat O'Donnell, the re signing of Tyler Bray, uh Bray Took a lot of snaps in the preseason. The expectation is he will again here in 2019 if Matt Nagy decides again to not play starters as much or at all, for that matter, uh, in the 2019 preseason. We don't know if that's going to happen, but it certainly did well, in 2018. I, I have a question for both of you guys then, because Pat O'Donnell is going to be the punter of the Chicago Bears. He's a good punter, and he's got experiences, more time working with Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator. Tyler Bray. Is he a competitor for this backup quarterback position to Mitchell Trubisky, or is he here to take reps in the preseason games and it's already etched in stone that Chase is the backup to uh to Mitchell Trubisky? I you know, and I and I don't I don't know where they're going with that. And it, it is a it, is it a competitive hot button? Is it a competitive scenario going into training camp? I think it would be. I, I definitely think Ty, Tyler's been in the league long enough now. 
Um, you know, you look at his time on the, on the practice squad uh, in Kansas City now for the Chicago Bears as well. And I would think, you know, he has an opportunity to probably unseat uh, Chase Daniel, who when he came in, obviously p- p- played well, did his job as the backup quarterback. But you would think Tyler Bray could challenge him for, for that spot. And it'd be a, a lot cheaper in terms of salary cap money where the Bears could save a little bit for, from that standpoint and potentially allocate in other areas. I think, you know, as, as, uh, as Jeff alluded to in the draft, you know, just how the Bears are, are sitting, probably the one area of the team that, that I get concerned about would be the kicker. You know, the kicking position. Still, you got Steve Goskowski sitting out there for the New England Patriots in terms of free agency because you, you find it hard to believe that if they were to draft that position, that you would think a playoff team would really put all that pressure on a young rookie kicker if that ultimately ultimately was the direction the Bears were going to go. It has happened, though, in the league, obviously. Rookie yeah. kicker. I mean, you had a rookie kicker help you win a Super Bowl yep. in Kevin Butler, but long time ago. But. Um, and Guskowski, you know, I was just reading today, it looks like they are deeper into negotiations to be retained in New England. I don't know what you've heard on that, Jim, but there are some still some veteran kickers out there. They've got a couple of kickers on, but, I mean, this is a position that clearly they are investing assets and resources on and investigating thoroughly because it was one of the point of emphasis. You got to, when general manager Ryan Pace does these, these interviews after the season and at the combine, he'll do it again next week. You know, he, you got to really listen to what he's saying because he, he tells you some of the plan. He doesn't tell you the exact plan, but he definitely doesn't shy away from telling you what he's looking for and what needs to improve. And kicking is number one. Yeah. yeah. You know, what, do you, what, how much, how much money do the bears have left out there to invest? Do you know, do you know a roundabout dollar figure? And when you talk about a, a kicker's experience and coming from the new England money tree, He's going to want a lot of money. Right, yeah. I, I mean, they have enough to, to do a few things right now, Jim, and also take care of their draft choices and so forth. And who knows what else they have up their sleeve in terms of their current roster. But, I mean, do they have a ton of room? No. Are they, are they, you know, they, are they out of money? No. They continue to do things to, um, to supplement what they've got in place right now. I don't yeah. have the exact number. Well, they they have a little over seventeen million dollars. You probably need about ten million to sign all your draft picks. Uh, is what I think. So they they got a little room, but you can always approach players, free up some money if that wasn't indeed the case. But you know, again, when you go back to this, you know, the the kicking position and just what's on the line. I mean, a game can be decided a week in week out or playoff contest. I mean, to, again, to have that experience and have, I mean, I'm not saying rookie kickers can't do it, but a lot of them have flamed out as of late. A lot of kickers have moved on. How about Blair Walsh up there in Minnesota? They were high on him. He misses a playoff kick. Lo and behold, ah, see ya. And that's, that's all it takes. But you know, what I, I say it all the time, what position probably has a bigger impact on wins and losses. And they're probably the kicking position is only out on the field, maybe six, seven snaps a game ultimately, but they had, they decide a lot of the outcomes when it's all said and done. Well, Bears were 15 or 16 points shy of a, a, a perfect record <laughs> last year. You know, those kicks matter. And kicking a topic for our first stop on the phones tonight, Tom from Lincoln Square. Welcome to 670 The Score and Bears All hey, Access. Guys. How you doing, man? So, um, you know, everyone's wondering, well, you know, they have this extra money from, ch- you know, uh, changing those contracts. And I've been thinking it has been the kicker. And, and I also kind of wonder if Goskowski is kind of my bear's vegetarian, you know? I was I mean, thinking that too, that. Tom. I mean, it'd be it'd be great. Well, you you think about the uh, what the 
length of time that Vinatieri was able to be a good kicker after he was the kicker that we got to know him in New England because he's gone on to have this second career as long as most kickers have in their first and only career. That's a good point brought up by Tom. Yeah, well, you know, you look at Goskowski, and plus he's kicked outdoors, he's been in big games, ton of playoff experience playing for the New England Patriots, and again, just the weather factor. I mean, other kickers out there are Matt Bryant, Phil Dawson, those guys are up there in age. Sebastian Janikowski, it almost looked like he was done towards the end of the year as a Seattle Seahawks. I think the one game he threw out his back, uh, and ultimately their their punter had to to do the kicking for him. But Mike Nugent, Kai Forbath, Nick Rose, there's, there's really, other than Goskowski, he's probably the most credible kicker you can see out there on the market right now well the, it'll be taken care of somehow some way and, but in the weather aspect of it to me is the biggest one of all so you, if you if you can't kick at soldier field you can't kick in you know it's a little sad is after the expectations were completely exceeded by the bears last year that right now at this stage we're talking about a kicker right and you think of everything that ryan and matt were able to overcome to improve to enhance to get better to make alterations to different positions and stuff that boom we're here talking about a kicker clanking right well they they they, they thought they had the guy and it turned out not to be the guy so they'll they'll uh, is they'll it a good it. thing that this is the subject matter or should oh. we be talking about a topic? Well, if you don't that, have a quarterback yeah. or a pass rusher or a corner that can lock somebody down, you know that would be your worry, Jim. Those are the positions. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, again, this with the new rules and how things have changed and how the extra points. I mean that that position has taken on greater importance, and it, it's not only just the Bears that had some failures at that position. There were other teams as well that I just mentioned. Seattle, you know, here they are a, a playoff team, and that's when J- Janikowski kind of let them down. Uh, down the stretch, so it's a big position. That is, if you've got a winning team and a team that you feel can go to the postseason, that position has to be solidified. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, with you here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score, uh, obviously, the Bears did not have uh, a ton of big needs this off season for the first time under Ryan Pace, so he could pick and choose what he needs to do based on his assets available and whatnot with the salary cap and. And guaranteed money. So John, Bre- <laughs> excuse me, John Breach of CBS Sports, he ranked all 32 teams in terms of free agency. And everybody's doing this. Everybody's got different opinions, but he has the Bears' eighth best in terms of what they were able to do with the running back position of Mike Davis, Patterson in the return game and offense, Buster Screen, uh, the re-signing of Bobby Massey, which everyone seems to forget that is a part of your free agency that was locking down the uh, right tackle position there. And ha-ha Clinton Dix, he said someone should call the police on the Bears because getting him for $3.5 million was an absolute steal. And I think others agree. It's a one-year deal, though, so I think you have to also look at the draft in terms of reloading the secondary, too, for the future. But I, 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 as we know, this is a growth situation. Whatever happened in 2018 was growth under Matt Nagy and the offensive being new. Now more growth with what you have, and that's – Free agency for the 2019. Right. Did you ever see the movie War Games growing up? Remember when they turned that dial to DEFCON 5? <laughs> the Bears have been in a DEFCON 5 situation 
up into this offseason. This is the first time they can turn that dial down and just start filling in some really important yeah. pieces. And when you talk about the deal they were able to do with HaHa Clinton Dix, the ability to replace Bryce Callahan, the ability to get better and more explosive on offense, I do think that the Bears were not facing a desperate scenario going into this offseason. This is an offseason where they were able finally to get some quality players to put into quality positions. Yeah, and, you know, there's still other positions they need to address. You know, still haven't re-signed Mike Burton. Do they go out and draft a fullback? There's a pretty good one up there at Wisconsin uh, as a Wisconsin Badger that maybe could be targeted in the laser, later rounds. Like you mentioned, if Aaron Lynch – didn't Aaron Lynch sign today? I think he did. I, I, I thought I saw that news say that Lynch signed somewhere. If they don't uh, re-sign Aaron Lynch or if he signs with another team, you know, pass rusher would probably be another another position that the Bears would probably like to add to. So there's subtle positions that probably need more depth um, and positions that need to be addressed. Here we mentioned kicker, uh, the fullback position. If Lynch signs up another place, maybe another pass rusher is added, but not just, you know, not glaring needs like what some other teams need to address. So I think the Bears are in pretty good shape. Aaron Lynch was visiting the Colts, but today the Colts uh, got oh, something. Houston. Yeah, That's who it was. so they signed Houston. That took it off the table two two year, I think. Twenty four million dollar deal for the pass rusher. As we continue on uh, up until the top of the hour, give us a call three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Greeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. Or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, 312-644-6767 with you until the top of the hour tonight. Please jump on and say hello and tell us what's on your mind about the NFL and Bears football in general. Uh, there's uh, been a good week of pro workouts, uh, Tom and Jim, this week. Uh, Jim, you you guys probably uh, were at some of those or some of your reporters or whatnot. Some takeaways from some of the, the big uh, workouts this week. Uh, Alabama was a recent one. Ohio State this week with Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback who's uh, a very intriguing big quarterback. Yeah, I I like Dwayne Haskins a lot. I I personally think he's the best quarterback in the draft. You know, I know everybody assumes that Kyler Murray is going to go number number one overall uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. That may be you know that may be true, but I I would think you know they're not going to ignore what they what they saw on tape. Uh, you know, of Dwayne Haskins, it's hard to believe. You know, you look at remember when everybody just went bonkers when here the Bears trade up to get Mitchell Trubisky, who ultimately was a one year starter at North Carolina. And now, you know, you look at these two quarterbacks, both Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins are both one-year mm-hmm. starters. And Dwayne had a great year. I mean, he's Big Ten Player of the Year. He's got 50 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. I watched his uh, his pro day workout. I mean, he can make every single throw. He's deadly accurate. Uh, he's really been t- tutored his whole life by Sean Springs. I, I think he's the real deal. And if if Arizona... You know, again, everybody's speculating it'll be Kyler Murray, but I don't know how they could ignore what what Dwayne Haskins has done as well. And he's more of the prototypical size uh, that that the NFL is looking for. Jim, if you're going into the pros with limited experience at the quarterback position, will RPO quarterback be able to survive on his athleticism and movement a little bit better than if there's inefficiency and in the reading ability of a dropback quarterback? And, you know, you, when you look at the combine of today, we used to only look at the 6'3 and above quarterbacks. Now there's a complete separation on quarterback's abilities and 
What's more difficult to survive, the drop back or the RPO? Well, I think, you know, for Kyler Murray, you know, throwing in the pocket is going to be, you know, an area that he's going to have to develop over time. I mean, probably the the best example of it, what Lincoln Riley has done. I mean, Lincoln Riley's done a terrific job because Baker Mayfield wasn't the biggest quarterback either now. And look how well he assimilated to what Cleveland was asking him to do last year. He played fantastic down the stretch. And that's what I think a team will do if they draft Kyler Murray. You know, whether it's Arizona or any other team that ultimately selects him, I think they're going to use the style of offense that Oklahoma brings, modify it uh, a little bit, incorporate the RPOs. Obviously, his mobility is a big part of his game because he's such a he's got that that cat quick kick, uh, quickness. And you're probably going to need a good offensive line. Remember, even when Drew Brees was in New Orleans, the priority was they always had big guards, right? Jari Evans, even look at Andrew P- Andrews Pete now, the player they drafted from Stanford. They thought he was going to play tackle. Ultimately, he's kicked into the guard because Drew's hovering right there at, at six foot. So I think that'll be kind of the same mode uh, for, for Kyler Murray. That's how the, the offenses that he's going to be in, I think they'll continue what he's had success with at, at, at Oklahoma. And even their offensive line, Tom, they're probably going to have four offensive right. linemen drafted. Right. I mean, those guys, I mean, Cody Ford and them, those are some good players down there at Oklahoma. How are you evaluating, uh, and this has been an a age-long problem with SEC teams in particular, because uh, certainly at Alabama or Georgia, because the two deep, I mean, you could get a guy that never plays and becomes a 10-year player in the National Football well, look League. look at Quentin Williams. He's yeah. a one-year player. Well, Some think he's the best player in the draft defensively. But here's my question. Your evaluation, like I look at Clemson, all those defensive stars up front, that front seven and their corners, they got two good ones coming out, they got all those great defensive linemen, but who's making who better? How do you? How is it harder to evaluate as opposed to just knowing you got, hey, I got Aaron Donald coming out. And this is the guy I'm going to draft out of Pittsburgh because he's a do-everything, three-technique defensive tackle, and he's going to be a star. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, these guys, it, it's pretty evident. I mean, Quinn and Williams is that dominant uh, of a player, and then he goes to the combine, posts the incredible numbers. So you kind of believe it with how he plays on tape, and then he backed it up. Uh, at you know at the at the combine, and just just how he moves and how big he is. But you think about him. I mean, he couldn't get past the other guys that were there. Jonathan Allen. I mean, think of the the players, the defensive linemen that have been drafted out of Alabama as of late. And this guy's probably rated the highest out of all of them as a one year player, and he couldn't even get on the field at Alabama. But he's he's been so dominant with everything that he's done, just how he's utilized and and everything like that. So he's by far probably the best defensive tackle in the draft. But hey, Clemson, they got a couple good ones too. You know, Wilkins is a is a very good player. He's a leader. Um, you know, the other big defensive tackle is a legit 350 pounds. I know he uh, pulled his quad uh, at the hams or at the at the combine, but he's a legitimate run stuffer. That just there's probably nobody in this draft that is like him that has the ability to just stuff the run for how big he is. When you, when you go back and you look at the college performance of a guy like Aaron Donald, he had so much explosiveness. You could see that it was going to translate because he was great every down. When you look at some of these Clemson guys, it's interesting how you have to evaluate these guys. You got to watch tape when they're tired. That's they're going to tell you what type of player they actually are. I remember when they first started talking about William Perry, and they started talking about his extreme power and explosiveness on first down. And then, okay, it was equal to a little less on second down fatigue on third. And that's kind of the process of when you get to the NFL and you're drafted and you've been playing along some great teammates that 
it's a little bit easier to survive now that you're that high draft choice and you're coming in and you're going to have to be this provide the spark what do you do when you're fatigued and I think that's something you have to look at and these teams that you talk about that have so many great players on one side of the ball or on the team. Yeah, I don't know what's harder to evaluate, that or the guy who's playing lesser competition and is he's got inflated numbers potentially because of a system. You can look at that with receivers, obviously, running backs, what type of routes are they running? I mean, it's it, to me, it's harder. Effort on effort on tenth play is easier to evaluate than the effort on first play because when you're fresh and whether when, no matter what position you are, you know Ditka always used to say fatigue makes cowards oh, out of all of us. <laughs> so it is about how do you evaluate these guys? Okay, you're going to go draft this guy from Clemson who's 350 yeah. pounds. You draft him as a defensive tackle in Miami. You know what it's like going to Miami every single day and go through hot practices. And I know he's been a part of that. And I'm just I'm just picking Clemson out as one school no matter where you come from well probably the one anomaly and i'll throw this in because you're right i mean the the alabama i mean they could have six guys drafted in in the first round i mean that's unbelievable when you think about it and then clemson's going to be well represented go check out the d tackle from houston ed oliver Mm -hmm. because here you know last year at at this time he was he was tearing it up and then you go into the 2018 season a lot more attention is is really paid attention to him so everybody's like oh his, his numbers aren't as good he's he's not as good a player he's going first round and that dude is legitimate he's like john randall who played for the Minnesota Vikings. We I played against John Randall. He was a hell of a football player. And I think this Ed Oliver, he's one guy that just he sticks out and he's kind of the lonesome dove all by himself down there at Houston. And a lot of people better not forget about him. This is Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Uh, some of the news of the day, Justin Houston at the Colts two-year deal, $24 million. Quick thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Good addition to the Colts team that's a playoff team again. Man, I, you know, do you see him? Because the Eberflus runs that that Tampa too, and I'm not saying that that he can't do it, but he's going to be a a defensive end in that scheme. I, I assume he'll be in there primarily for pass rushing specialist is what it's got to be. But I think for him, he's kind of out of sorts unless they switch and they do a lot of under defense under off defensive front with the Sam on the line. And now I can see it w- with him as a as in a two-point stance, maybe over a tight end or something like that. But I, I think I don't know if that's really a good fit uh, for him there uh, in Indianapolis. He's a great player. I'm not saying he can't do it, but he just seems out of out of out of a, out of a fit in the, in that defense. You know, one thing that really helps him is the support of home crowd noise. They're going to go from one of the loudest state outdoor stadiums in the league in Kansas City to Indianapolis, where they have good crowd support down there. So that's one of the benefactors of you know for a guy like like this that gets to go and play in guaranteed warm weather indoor dome with crowd noise you go there and you provide that spark at home you're going to get your sacks on the road but at home is when they need these guys to shine and a couple i'm sorry let me add one more thing because here think about chris ballard he comes from kansas city right Right. he knows justin houston as good as anybody but now kansas city they're going to a four-man front with steve spagnolo they they didn't view Justin Houston as a defensive end. They didn't even view D Ford as a defensive end. So it, I'm just I'm coming to grips how they're going to utilize him more. You know, it's probably going to be an under defense where he's the Sam backer on the line of scrimmage over a tight end. Otherwise, because I, I just don't. You know, Kansas City didn't even see him as a defensive end. And a couple of years ago, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and the Bears played them, I was commenting there was no way they were going to be able to re-sign all of their defensive linemen. And they love having depth up front today. They re-signed. Vinny Curry back with the Eagles. So you got Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Malik Jackson, Derek Barnett all there. Robert Griffin the third back with Baltimore. 
And there's going to be a preseason football game in Honolulu between the Rams and Cowboys. Tom Thayer, it's the first there. You know, Aloha Stadium since 1976. I never realized that the commissioner listened to Bears All Access because <laughs> he finally listened to me, and they're getting games back in Hawaii where they deserve to be. If the crowd support is going to be insane, and I do think it's going to be a better spectacle than any of the other because Tom Garrett. doesn't really appreciate going to London. He'd rather the game be in the United States, in Hawaii. We'll address that when we come back. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The School. Win tickets to every 2019 Chicago Bears home and away game with the Schedule Prediction Challenge brought to you by United Airlines. Enter at ChicagoBears.com. Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you. Here on Bears Al Access, another eight minutes or so before we turn it over to the score. And that schedule prediction challenge is something because you go to every game, not just home games, but everybody wants to know the schedule. I am getting ear hustled left and right, especially about that London game, much to your dismay, I'm sure. Uh, But the London game, when the London game, uh, are the Bears for sure going to meet the Packers in the opener on Thursday night here in Chicago? That seems to be the popular opinion anyway. Uh, we're going to know soon here in the next few weeks, and it'll be a very – it's it's one of the more impressive home schedules I recall. There are a lot of good teams coming to town, traditionally strong NFL franchises that are going to be dropping into Soldier Field. It's going to be a fun well, season. Well, you know, one thing about the Bears and the uh, – and the, the NFL and the prediction of your schedule, you think of the end of the preseason, all of a sudden the Bears get Khalil Mack. That changes the schedule completely and the outcome of really what's going to happen. You don't know you, the injuries that affect the team oh, in a yeah. major way are so unpredictable, i.e., Washington Redskins from last year and their quarterback debacle. So, you know, it's fruitless to try and pick right, a record. Right. You, you know, you kind of look at you kind of look at the schedule, but you you only think about your team because you those other teams are too unpredictable. Yeah, it's, well, it's going to be interesting. You know, just you know, even in division, you know, Packers fans they feel like they they've been born again. You know, here they're diving into free agency and and spending all this money to to upgrade their team. There's a lot of excitement in Minnesota because they've got a lot of players uh, that return. But you know, the Bears, there's no reason why they can't repeat and win the division again. But you're right, it's going to be much tougher. They're they're not going to be a surprise to anybody how how good they are and how they finished the year uh, last year. So, like anything else, you got to strap it up and in every game counts and we'll see if the, the the bears can defend their turf so you get aaron Rodgers, uh, uh understandably probably week one and you got a couple new defensive backs tom how long does secondary reach out well that that's what was my question is how long will it take for um new defensive coordinator to develop a relationship with new defensive backs where they have to get an understanding and oh yeah we got to get ready to play aaron Rodgers week one so you talk about the starters not playing at length during the preseason games you have to pay more attention in, to practices that you have a chance to see in training camp. And yeah, well, he's in a new offense, too. When you're talking about four, five, and six defensive backs, and a majority of the time it's five and six defensive backs, how long does that continuity take to grow? And, you know, are, are you in a disadvantage when you play Aaron Rodgers week one? Yeah. And, well, I think that's the key. And I, I say it all the time. I mean, 
you know, Chuck Pagano, he's just going to call a game different. He calls a game different than how Vic Fangio uh, calls a game. So how quickly do the do the players get on the same page as him and expectations or maybe anticipating what he's looking, looking for in key situations? So it all starts anew, and you got a, a brand-new play caller defensively that has his own uh, idiosyncrasies and things that he believes in that not necessarily mesh with what Vic Fangio did as a defensive coordinator. Jim Miller with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access. A few more minutes to go. Uh, the owners' meetings beginning Sunday through Wednesday in Arizona. Jim will be headed down there. And this is the time when the competition committee <laughs> meets. They vote. They make some changes. Maybe they table some things, go to a later meeting as the ownership group. But much of it is based around replay. Jim, what have you been discussing on your show on SiriusXM, uh, moving the change with, with Pat? Uh, because uh, there are some suggestions uh, by the commission uh, committee now to make amendments to rules or create new rules regarding replay. Yeah, probably the, the, the ones that pass historically are, are really the ones proposed by the competition committee, especially the new ones always concerning safety. Those seems to pass right away, like the permanent, uh, the rule six is to make permanent the new kickoff rule changes that were implemented in 2018. Concussions were down. I think that goes through with flying colors. The competition committee, they also want to amend rule 12 to expand protection of a defenseless player right? Deals with safety. I think that's going to pass uh, with flying colors. The one that's interesting is the proposal by the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Because of their playoff loss to the Patriots. They want to allow teams the opportunity to possess the ball at least one time in overtime, even if the first team uh, to possess the ball in overtime scores a touchdown, right? Who doesn't want to see Patrick Mahomes to have an opportunity to go against Tom Brady after the Patriots march down and they get a touchdown and Patrick Mahomes doesn't get an opportunity uh, at the ball? So overtime continues to get tweaked. We hear that one a lot. Like They don't think it's fair. What do you feel about it, Tom? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think that's one of the most argumented points of the NFL is how do you conclude a football game? So, I mean, is one side ever going to be satisfied? No. Even if you gave the Kansas City Chiefs an opportunity, now you would have Robert Kraft, the New England Patriots, saying, hey, if you win in your first possession, you score just like the rules say keep in place. I, I don't know. It just seems like an argument for the uh, to owners to try to figure out how to best captivate the attention of your audience at the end of a game and how they want to see it. I want yep. no part of Denver's uh, gym to amend Rule 6, uh, providing an alternative to the onside kick, allowing a team who is trailing in the game an opportunity to maintain maintain possession of the ball after scoring. That's baloney. Please. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate change. I don't like change, but some of these are kind of off the wall. I well, mean, that's what I mean. Well, some have assumed that you could go for it like on a fake punt. Maybe something like that would be the alternative. That I don't think it'll pass. I think it still has to be talked to quite uh, quite a bit. So that's something that'll probably be tabled or shot down altogether. That's one of the most anticipated moments in the game is the the anticipation before the actual onside attempt because we've seen it go both ways this season. The you know the kicking team has retri- re- retrieved a couple of the onside kicks. And then uh, two versions of the one-year expansion of reviewable plays. First would be for fouls for pass interference. The second would add fouls for roughing the passer on unnecessary hits against a defenseless player. Tom, I know your feelings on it, so Uh, we're not going to get them all riled up. Big Jim, hey, we're out of time. Thank you once again. Appreciate it. Good good to be with you, Have fun in Arizona. Bears All Access wrapping up tonight. Thanks to everybody, including Cordell Patterson, our guest tonight. Thanks for listening and our producers, Herb Lawrence and Tony Gill. We'll talk to you next time on Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night.
Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford.